today. On Snap Judgment, we're putting in miles, traveling overseas during the swinging 60s, when storyteller Richard Hatch was but 12 years old and head over heels for the cool girl at the local American school. I'll let Richard take it from here. I was 12 years old, living in a foreign land. There were a hundred in my seventh grade class, about a hundred of us. And we were the sons and daughters of military men, diplomats, and a few private industry folks, but mostly diplomats and military. Jill was the new girl in school. She just was so different from everybody else. Long brown hair, big brown eyes, hands down, just stunning. If you want an idea of what Jill was like, let me tell you this one thing. Chewing gum in those days, you had five sticks in one stack and they were all wrapped with aluminum foil. She would take the aluminum foil and wrap it tight and then she'd stick it in her comb. This is in class, this is in school, okay? When things get dull and boring, she'd go over and very uh, secretly, she'd stick both ends of that aluminum foil into the power socket. And you'd hear this tremendous boom and a big white smoke would go up and she'd scoot back to her desk and it would really spook the teachers. And then those of us who were competing for her affection would, it was me. No, no, it, it was me. We'd always take the fall for her. Now, that's what the kind of person, she, just, just crazy and fun. Now, it was really important for us to communicate with each other. The only way that we could do it was to write notes to each other. And so teachers uh, would not know who we are if they intercepted the notes. We decided that we would all pick our own secret code names. Jill's code name was Fortuna. And I said, Jill, why you pick Fortuna? She'd been in boarding school, she'd lived throughout Europe. So I said, Fortuna, what, what's Fortuna? And she says, oh, Richard, you're such a bore. She would kick into this English accent. And she said, don't you know it's the, Fortuna is the goddess of fortune and, and fate and good luck? I said, ah, okay. That makes a lot of sense. She, she was a goddess in my, in my eyes, so, so, so great. I decided that my code name would be Danger9B. Okay, that's a good one. Jill came up. Yeah, how? Danger 9B. Yeah. How'd you come up with that one? I was not cool. Life is sad, believe me, Missy, without the vim and foive. Sixth grade, the musical The Wizard of Oz, and I, I got cast as the Cowardly Lion. I could show my prowess, be a lion, not a mouse, if I only had a noive. I had a rival, and his name was Mitch. Mitch's code name was Diablo, which I thought was so, appro so appropriate. He had the looks, he had the charm, and he could cite poetry. It was tough competition. Jill 
I think she was gravitating to him. So he was the one I knew I had to beat. We went to a dance at her house one time. And the Beatles had just come out big. I wanted to dance with Jill. So I arranged to have the song called uh, P.S. I Love You. It's a slow song. We could dance together in the old style. That was the plan. Ah, that would be so nice, swinging back and forth. You know, her nice home was all carpeted. And all of a sudden, whoever's in charge of the record player puts on Twist and Shout. Jill, she, I don't know where she learned, she could really move. But, I, you know, I, mom, mom couldn't teach me how to do that stuff. So, you know, you, you do your best, but I'm just devastated. And you can't have a conversation because the, the song is the rowdiest one on the whole record. You know, the tables have turned and Diablo is probably struck again. It had to have been him that put on Twist and Shout because he knew it was my, was my dance. My plans are totally tattered. I have no idea, you know, what the next step is going to be. I got to come up with something that that's going to turn the tables on Mitch. Give me a little bit more of an advantage because up to this point, so many things uh, were not working out. Now, her best friend would give me advice. And she said, well, you, you're going to have to do, go big, do something to, to get her attention. The Beatles had another song called Listen, Do You Want to Know a Secret? And I'm thinking, that's it. I'm going to tell her my greatest secret. And it has to be something spectacular. Trouble is, I got to come up with, with a secret. I got to come up with something. So I made a time uh, for Jill and I just to meet and to, to walk one evening. My biggest fear would have been you know, is she going to believe this? That night where we walked together was the first time we were together alone. It's quiet. It had been raining. It was in the fall, so it was a little on the cold side. And the streets were shining. You know that smell of, uh, of just after rain? It's just so refreshing. She had this little black furry hat, this black uh, turtleneck sweater, she just, she had a sense of style and sophistication. I, I reached down and I, and I grabbed her hand and she just held on tight. The electricity holding her hand was, I don't know what it did to me. It was something new. Okay, I'm going to do this. As we're walking, I said, okay, Jill, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to tell you my secret. Me and my whole family. We're all spies for the U.S. government. And she stops and, I, and looks at me and I said, and I need your help on a couple of assignments. And she stares at me and then she kisses me. Pow, wow, pop, zing, zang. I'm all, I'm all in now. Whoa. Although this was my first kiss, it became very apparent that it was not her first kiss because she was really good at it. I thought, I, I, I got to do everything I can to keep this going. 
So I said, Jill, we've got to stake out the Russian embassy tonight. And that, that's the assignment. Now, my, my idea of a stakeout is, you know, just, you know, look around, don't be too suspicious, just, you know, might stroll by, don't blow your cover, don't do anything stupid, don't, don't say anything, don't backtrack, nothing. You gotta, you're committed, so act cool. This is, this is it. I was still trying to recover from, from her reaction being so, so positive, far beyond my dreams. I had no inkling of what was coming. We certainly knew that the Russians were our enemies. They tried to put nuclear missiles into Cuba. The Russian embassy was not far. There was a gate, and then there was a call button right next to the gate. We're strolling by, and, you know, again, my idea of the, of the stakeout was to keep it simple and, you know, just don't spend much time there. But she goes over, and she pushes the call button. Nobody answers the call button. The gate opens. She says, come on, let's have some fun. It doesn't occur to me till we're walking into the grounds. This is the Russian embassy. I, I was reeling from the whole idea of her having kissed me, but also reeling from the fact that the gate even opened and that she's pulling me inside. And the biggest thing about it is... <laughs> My dad was a spy for the U.S. government. They recruited him into counterintelligence. I, I, I quickly figured out counterintelligence was spy stuff. Now, I don't remember him ever having to say, don't say anything, you know, but it was just natural if someone asked me what dad did, I said, ah, he does business stuff. I had a presence of mind enough to know that you don't talk about those things. So... All this is hitting me. Wait a minute. My dad's a spy, and I'm walking onto enemy ground. I mean, I, so wh what are we doing? What are we going to come up with? When I see this soldier coming down the steps with this intimidating uniform and an intimidating firearm, that got me nervous. He was this big guy. But, you know, Jill takes it in stride. Jill calmly, you know, starts talking to him. He said something in Russian to us. She says, um, we are seeking the British embassy. He only spoke Russian. He had no idea what either one of us was saying. So he ushers us up into this little waiting room into the embassy. I don't know what the consequences. What can they do? Do they just kick us out? Do they actually take us in and use us for, you know, um, <laughs> some kind of prisoner exchange? Holding hands is the, the least of my, uh, of my thoughts at this point. I am, I'm thinking about survival. This man uh, eventually comes, some kind of diplomat, and he spoke English. And he says, children, what are you doing here? Can I help you? And she says, da, spasibo, which is Russian, yes, thank you. And then she goes on in English saying, uh, do you have any brochures or pictures? In those days, you could not visit Russia. You, no tourists were allowed. Getting information would, was pretty tricky. She describes that she's, you know, doing a school project. He did produce some brochures. They were all in Russian, but by this time, I was thinking, Jill probably could read them. <laughs> Who knew? I 
at the end of that, as we're walking out of the uh, the embassy, it was you know it was time to get her home. So it's, it's such such a stupor. I don't remember how I got home from her house, but uh, when I finally did arrive, there was my dad waiting for me. Little did I know, my dad got the word from his operatives, uh, from his contacts, that his son and his girlfriend were in the Soviet compound. What are they doing there? I thought that my father would be very upset that I had maybe blown his cover, um, that, that if the word got out in the community that you know he was involved in espionage, that could put him in, in jeopardy. It clearly dawned on me, I, you can't tell him, you can't tell him that you told Jill that our whole family are spies, you can't do it. There's my dad saying, what were you thinking? I said, oh, what? And I didn't tell him that I had said I was a spy. I just said, oh, well, Jill had this homework assignment. I was helping her with her homework. So um, I was grounded for a while, pretty much confined to barracks was, <laughs> was the term. Frankly, that, that, that separation from Jill, I think, only heightened her excitement about, well, this guy, this guy's got something to give. Being grounded was probably the best thing because I, I didn't have to follow up with anything for a couple of weeks. And so there was this mystery still about, wow, what, what's next? After a while, things fade. I didn't have a badge, and I didn't have, you know, cool stuff, so it wasn't enough to keep her total interest because other guys kept popping up. My dad was being transferred back to the States. It was time to leave at the end of the school year. By that time, Diablo had had won over Fortuna, and Danger 9B was leaving the scene. What, 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 what could I do? I wasn't ready to give up and to admit defeat, but there's nothing I could do except write letters from a thousand miles away. I, I, I was hoping that I, I could keep the contest going, but how do you chase a butterfly? I mean, I'm not sure that I could have ever kept up with her. And I just lost track of her, you know. So that's over 50 years. And when this all happened, I decided... You know, if I'm talking about her, I, I, I better get her permission. I, I better try to find her. And I, I, I found her quite quickly. No one was answering the phone for several days, and then finally a, a, a man answers the phone. I quickly t tell him this isn't a crank call. I'm an old friend of Jill would love to talk to her. I was so excited about talking to Jill after 50 years. I just thought that, you know, all those emotions would flood back and she would say, oh, Rick, I remember. And she picks up the phone. And she did not. And so that was crushing. But she was a lovely lady. And we reminisced and she said, boy, I'm glad I had such a big effect on you, but I don't remember that at all. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Makes for a good story. Thank you. Thank you to Richard Hatch, a.k.a. Danger 9B, for sharing your story with Snap. 
Rick is back in the U.S. of A. And while we have it on good authority that he hasn't gotten into any spy capers of late, he is putting the finishing touches on a kid-friendly memoir about his travels abroad. To find out more, head on over to our website, snapjudgment.org. The original score is by Dirk Schwartzhoff. It was produced by Regina Bediaco. See that? We did it again. Because in Snap time, things fly by. That's why Snap's the magic ingredient to making things you don't like go away. Waiting at the doctor's office, doing the dishes, having to make small talk to your neighbor, Fred. Don't worry about what Fred's talking about. Just slip your earphones in and listen to Snap. Download the journey. It's going to up your game for your wardrobe because it's summertime. You're going to get yourself one of those Snap Judgment t-shirts because it goes with everything. Yours is available right now at snapjudgment.org. Snap is brought to you by the team that will always go undercover for love. Except for the Uber producer, Mr. Mark Ristich. He's just always undercover. There's Nancy Lopez, Pat Messini Miller, Regina Beriaco, David Exime, Anna Sussman, Renzo Gorio, Shayna Sheely, Taylor DeCott, Flo Wiley, John Facile, Marissa Dodge, Davey Kim, Bo Walsh, and Annie Nguyen. And well, this is not the news. No way is this the news. In fact, you too could be a dangerous sixth grader. And you would still, still not be as far away from the news as this is. But this is PRX. PRX.